All right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to Mimosas in the Park. My name is Zanai, and today I have a very special, special episode with the good old Miss Shanetta. And um, today we're going to be talking about a little bit about black girl curses and, you know, black mama curses, you know, all of that and above, you know, how the black household is set up and worked out for and set up for failure for black girls who just graduated high school. And, uh, you know, pretty much just all of, all of that around. But we just go, you know, we just talking, you know, kiki and bullshit and having this little bit of brunch, a little bit of mimosas, you know, a little bit of extra stuff. All that great stuff. So, you know, let's just go ahead and get into this conversation. But, anywho, as we were saying, Sean, um, yeah, no, like, with with how it's all set up with black girls, and it's like, as soon as I turned 18, it was like, my mama went from wanting to be, you know, of my life and a part of, you know, certain situations and things, and wanting to know my business, to, okay, well, what you about to do? Right. Like the old switcheroo, they go from being your parent to you now having to, in a sense, step up the to do a lot, a lot of things that you're not really ready for, that's and you don't know about. That's right. That's you don't know about. Year old, you know, you're an adult mindset that takes place in the black household. Mm-hmm. Is it's it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling because we age don't make me any more capable mm-hmm. of doing anything more than what it was when I was 17. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And I mean, and not to mention, like you said earlier, before we even, you know, started recording, you were like, that frontal lobe doesn't process fully until the age of 21. So with all of that being said, here I am now. I just graduated high school just a few few months ago. I was trying to figure out what was 2X equals Y squared. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there trying to figure that all out. And, you know, it. and now here I am, got to figure out credit, got to figure out where I'm going to live, how rent works, how loans work, how's, how housing works, how all of that stuff works. And and I'm still can't even set up my own doctor's appointment. That's right. That's right. Crazy thing, I got a story. So I have a daughter that's turned 18 and 18. And she, she was here because she didn't have her own home and everything, but she could share her own sister. And my biological sister offered her a place. She's like, hey, I'm about to get a new apartment. You can come over with me, come move in with me, pay $300 a month. Blah blah blah. Mind you, my daughter only worked part time at Walmart. Right. You know, like probably less than twenty hours a week. Right. So she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna move in." You know, da 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 da. I want to be independent. I want my privacy. That was my main thing. I want, I want my privacy. So she moves in with my sister. Three hundred dollars a month now for rent. All of a sudden, now it's a problem because my sister's like. Well, I need money for lights. I need water. I need money for water bill, you know, food. And my daughter's like, well, I only work part time. What am I supposed to do? And I was like, Asha, you know, you can't, you got to understand that your freedom is going to cost you. Your privacy is going to cost you. But it's like, she was so gun ho with this whole independence thing, like it was embedded in her at some point. Like, I don't know where it came from. Like I said, I didn't tell her that she had to go. Like I was cool with you being here, like you fine. 
you good to go. But it was just something in her that made her feel like she needed to go. So I sat down and I asked her, I was like, why do you feel like you need your, your privacy and stuff like that, like right now? She was like, social media. Not only that, but the piggy, but the, but to go along with that is the fact that as a black woman, we're told that we need to have our own. We have to fight to, to prove ourselves, to show our worth. And then on top of all of that, we sit here and we're faced with so many other things that we see from this person and that person because that person's doing what they're doing and, but, and this person's doing what they're doing. And all of our friends, we look around, they're all being accomplished and stuff like that. It puts pressure on us to be better. But we don't realize that we don't see their everyday struggles. We don't. We don't know what they're going through, and yet here we are. We have our own path and, and things that we have to take, but it's just still that amount of pressure to have that sense of independence and then also looking at our own mothers. Exactly. I, I feel like there's just this disconnect between what they see and what they want. Mm -hmm. It's that missing piece in mm -hmm. the middle, and it comes from when you're raised in a household and you don't have that type of connection with your mother to understand the reasoning behind the choices that are being made. Mm -hmm. And it can either be a, a, a failed attempt or it can just be a miscommunication. We don't, we don't really know. But what I do know is for me growing up, I, when it comes out to my mom, we, I saw my mom go to work. I saw her work a lot. I worked a lot. But the relationship that we that I needed with my mom, I don't know if it just didn't come because she worked a lot or because she was a young mom too and had her own dealings that she had to work within herself. So like the communication just wasn't there. The intentions were there maybe, but the communication wasn't there. And our relationship suffered because mm -hmm. of that I I was I literally followed the same path as my mom. My mom had me when she was 17. I had my first kid when I was 17. My mom, she left home when she was 18. I left home when I was 18. So it was like this whole chain of events that just repeated themselves. And it's it's so hard to explain. The black, you know, black households are so confusing. That but see, the thing is, it all goes back to hurt people raise hurt people. Yes, broke people raise broke people. Ooh. Okay? Money follow money. Money follow money. Come on now. And then not to mention, it's like when we're, we're a product of our environment. When all we know is broke, broke, broke. Struggle, struggle, struggle. struggle, struggle. That's what we're going to, that's what we're going to try. Yeah. But the thing is, and I think what, what, why we have clicked so much and why we have, you know, bonded so much more than some of my other friends or some of the other people that I may know in my life is because of the fact that we have seen and struggled, but we have big dreams. We know what it takes to overcome we, it. Yes, we know what it takes to overcome it. Now, you know, it hasn't taken time. Of course, it has taken time. But see, the thing is, though, we don't see broken mamas. Mm. And we done seen, okay, well, here I am getting ready to follow down her path. I need to fix this now. I need to right. fix this shit now because I don't want to be like that. Right, right, right. And so we both we both left the house at 18. 
I, I, yeah, I left, I left the house at 18 and, um, moved back to Wilmington from Maryland. But see, the thing was, my situation was a little bit different. I had no choice but to either get out of my situation or become my situation. And I didn't want that for myself. I didn't have a child at, you know, at the age of 17. So I don't know what it was like to be a young mother. But I know when you're a young mother, when you're a mother in general, you want nothing but the best for your child and want something different. But me and my mom, we didn't have any type of stable relationship. I'm not going to say we didn't have a relationship. I'm going to say we didn't have a stable relationship. And because of the fact we did not have that and we and the fact that my mom was out doing her own thing and I wasn't primarily raised by my mother, it caused a lot of issues for me because I didn't know how to love myself as a woman. And I didn't know about all of these things that people tell me about credit or about you know, finding that man who's going to treat you right, being treated right by a man, and also loving yourself before you try to find a man. Because if you don't do that, you ain't going to find nobody who's who's going to actually love you the way you're supposed to be loved. And it's so sad in the black community that we have to have, we have that, that mind training like that. Mm-hmm. That if we don't provide for ourselves as black women, then it's probably something we'll never receive from anybody. Mm-hmm. That is a, such a true statement, if I've never heard one. Right. Like we don't. I think that's why black women, too, with even with mommy issues, we tend to try to work our way out of them. Mm-hmm. We try to financially work our way out of them mm-hmm. because we we've, we've come to the realization that. I'm not gonna be broken and broke. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm not gonna I'm be gonna broke. be one or the other. Yeah, I'm gonna be one or the other. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be, be one or the other. Broken and broke. Like that's not what I'm looking to do with anybody. But um Yes. Yes, ma'am. You know, you know the deals, you know the feels. <laughs> it's it's sad. But I wanna ask you a question. So as a black woman. Because I ask myself this What does it mean as a black woman to, throughout all the the mommy pain of growing up and stuff like that, on the other side, let's be positive for a minute, like on the other side of it, what does it look like for us to actually love ourselves? Like, what does that self-love look like for us? So, I can't, I can only speak for me. But but for me, when I think about self-love and I see self-love, I see me being, me just waking up and being happy. Mm-hmm. Me just waking up, being at peace, being mindful of the fact that I am that bitch. Right. Being mindful of the fact that, okay, yes, sis, you was down for a little bit, but you're not going to dwell in it. Right. Self-love is very, like focusing on the fact that, okay... I'm going to allow myself to feel this, but at the same time, I'm going to allow myself to be get back up and get up no matter if I'm feeling down and still continue to be that bitch right. and dress and walk as if I am that bitch, even though mental, mentally I am still, you know, all over the place. Still going through. Still going through. Self-love is pampering yourself, getting your nails done and getting your toes done, you know, exfoliating in the shower, all of that stuff. Self-love is... Having used a mimosa, a glass of wine, you know, anytime you want to. Self-love is knowing that you don't need nobody to tell you that you love you. 
that they love you you because you know you love yourself that's self-love self-love is a lot of things and it's that's that's my version of self-love i think we're coming to a good time a era now more than ever more than ever where we can easily identify where our parents went wrong mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's like just due to all the exposure that we have to other people's lives and experiences through social media but it's so easy now to kind of look at situations like like the talk we had last night you know what i'm saying yeah like to look back at certain situations like that and be able to say you know what some of the stuff we go through makes us better as people i can't be mad about it mm-hmm. i don't know if it's just us coming into age if that's what people like to call it or what have you but this it's a black curse over over black women because black men sure don't have to go through it as I, I think black men go through their own battles of trying to figure out if they're of emotions. Let me let me go back. I, th- I think their emotions don't allow them to really to really to really be a man, to really be vulnerable, to really be, you know, and I think when you have that, that's what breaks a lot of black men is the fact that, OK, when they're put in certain situations where they have to show their emotions, they run. They don't want to. They don't want to address them. And I think black men go through their own battles, and their own childhood trauma and struggles. But you're right. You know, it's nowhere as near as going through it as a black woman. I, I can agree. I can agree with that. And I, do you think it's because of the fact that as black women raising black men, we try to coddle mm-hmm. the black man? Yep. To a certain extent. Yeah, we coddle them, and then when they're put in situations with other men and they show their emotions, they're looked at as being punk. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. But we coddle them for a reason. We coddle them because because, because no no we coddle them is because we don't we can't be coddled ourselves because we're trying to trying to get to that point where we haven't been coddled. We haven't been you know been able to have someone say okay it's okay for you to feel these things. So because we haven't had anyone tell us that. And our childhood growing up, I, that's this is for me personally, mm-hmm. I tend to try to nurture a man and tell mm-hmm. him, okay, it's okay for you to be vulnerable. It's okay for you to let down that barrier, let down that wall, and it's okay for you to feel things. And in turn, as I'm giving all of these emotions to this man that I've been trying to get for myself, I'm sitting here at the same time pushing this man away. I don't think you're pushing him away. I think it gives him a... This is a really good discussion. I think it gives <laughs> him a... Outlook, uh, outlook on life to where I know that she needs me. Men know. Mm-hmm. They know. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of men, they they use and abuse that about them. Mm-hmm. You know, because they think, oh, she's emotionally damaged. So, they will use that to their advantage at some point. And we out here just looking crazy because we done took care of your ass. Mm-hmm. You know? Protected you. Mm-hmm. Loved on you, did all the things that nobody did for us, we did for you, and now it's just like it's common. Black yeah. men know black women love them because we have no choice, right? 
have because that's the only man that's gonna understand us. Right. We hope. We hope. Yes, we hope that we understand us because of the fact that we are black and you know childhood struggles and stuff like that. You you know we don't been through the same things. Right. Right. We hope that he will understand us in that sense. And it it turns around. It's one of those circular arguments. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a circular argument. Because we we go through it with our with our moms. We come through it. We have our own kids. We're still damaged. We still ain't working on ourselves. We find a partner who's also damaged because he got mama issues or daddy issues. Or both. Or both. And we as black women fall into the place of being his caretaker, savior, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and says, "You know what? I'm good." And he'll go to the next one. And everything that you done invested and put into this man is done. Is done, done and gone. gone. And now he's doing all of that and being the man that you wanted him to be with the next woman. Girl, don't get me started. Good, We were talking about. Come on, we talking about back on top. We ain't talking about black men today. We ain't talking about black men today. Cause that, that's a whole. That's a whole another. Whole nother what three hours? <laughs> a, a whole channel in itself. Yes. A whole channel in itself. It's it's a struggle. It is definitely a struggle. It's, it's more than a struggle. It's it starts to become more of a, a lifestyle. Yes. So, but back to this whole thing about, um, about, you know, the whole mindset of be having that freedom and not realizing what that freedom comes with. Um, when I first got, got on my own and technically I wasn't even on my own because I still had so much to learn and, and so much to figure out. And because I still had so much to learn and so much to figure out, thankfully, I had a few people in my corner who were understanding and supportive about what I needed Mm -hmm. um, in my life and the direction that I needed to go. But I was still very much uneducated about life. Mm -hmm. I knew how to survive. I knew how to run. And I knew how to fly. That's all we really needed. We thought. That's all I thought I needed. But Mm -hmm. in reality... I was absolutely wrong. I didn't know the first thing about credit, messed up my credit. Huh. Didn't know the first thing about a vehicle and didn't know the first thing about a license. Didn't know anything like that. When I first got down here, I didn't know how to drive. Huh. I didn't I didn't have anything. And I came with the clothes on my back. I came with a dream and I came with goals that I did not accomplish. Huh. And so because of this, here I am at the age of 27 trying to repair everything that I did in, you know, what, the last seven years that I've been back home. And so with me trying to fix all of these things that I done did, 
trying to correct all of these issues that I done had because I was sitting here trying to like, okay, well, I can do it myself. I can figure it out. Not realizing I'm doing more harm than good. I don't know and I was so and I don't like asking for help I never liked asking for help because I felt like if I asked for help I was a pity party I was it was out of chair you know and it was charity it wasn't because someone actually I wanted to do it that's what I thought you know that whole pity party part when black women ask for help we are definitely shamed upon mm-hmm. it's like you need help why wow how? what you mean what you mean you don't know how we don't have an option. It's to not always know how. a tenth degree, and tenth degree uh, just questionnaire. It's a ten page to essay that you need to turn in mm-hmm. as to why you need help. Well, what did you do wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, what did you do? Why didn't you do this? Mm-hmm. What What have you could have done differently? Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for that. I'm, I'm asking, asking for you. Help. I'm asking for help. But if I ask for help, I'm wrong for asking for help. But so if we just, fail, she should have asked, asked for help. Exactly. Exactly. Then she'll say, I'm done if I do, I damn if I don't. We are. Mm-hmm. We are. That's why you have so many independent black women. We don't we ain't got time for you to talk about talk about us. We really don't. I know for sure I don't. Mm-mm. I ain't got time. I, I don't. I got it. The Lord gave me YouTube. I'll figure it out. I just think that for my daughter, what I want is I want to be that person where she can come to me mm-hmm. and say, hey, mommy, I need help mm-hmm. without fear of being judged. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want Gabby to be able to say, mommy, I fell down. Mm-hmm. I made a mistake and I went against the grain. Yep. But I learned. As long as you learn what you weren't supposed to do and you figured it out, you got that lesson, you got it all centered, then you come and it shouldn't be an issue. It's to me asking for help. That's right. Should never be an issue. We all gonna fall. But uh, but as long as I pick myself back up mm-hmm. and I come correct, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's why most... You try to be matching me. I have my nose done for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think that with these with these younger girls, and I, and I get it because their moms were a part of our generation where their moms <clears throat> chastised them and treated them wrong and said things wrong and oh and you know, this was the, that was the angry black bitch movement, the whole thing. And and being angry and holding all that resentment and putting it into your child has now turned these children, mm-hmm. the next generation, into, well, it's fine. I'm going to talk back. I'm going to say what I got to say. And I'm going because they can't do it at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're taking it out on everybody else. You know, it's, it's, a, whole, it's a whole train train effect. But who knows? There's got to be a change at some point. It's like one is enough enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I was talking to you last night about how I wanted to have a better relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. And how for years that was all I ever wanted. 
ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be enough for my mom. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like I wasn't enough and me feeling like I wasn't enough put me in this mindset that I would never be enough for anyone. Mm. 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 That makes sense. And because of this, throughout my whole marriage, I always ask him, am I enough for you? Why am I not enough for you? Mm-hmm. Will I ever be enough for you? Mm-hmm. And that caused a lot of issues that brought up other issues. Mm. That brought up other issues. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of was just like, okay, all right, so now, now here you are with all of this shit, not knowing how to unbag all of this shit, not knowing where to go with this shit, and you sitting here around here looking crazy, and you ain't really crazy. It's just your your own damn personal trauma that you done got now put in, and it's just a whole whole bunch of shit. And I'm carrying it with me. And I'm carrying it with me. I'm expecting somebody else to disappoint me the same way I was disappointed growing up. Exactly. And then with me expecting that, I'm putting it out there in the universe, and then it's going to come true. You are absolutely right. Or we try to find it. We try to find we it. We literally pick apart a perfect yep. man. Yeah. Or a perfect spouse. We try to find it. And ain't nothing wrong with these goddamn motherfuckers. Mm-mm. It's just the fact that we got this own shit going on. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, okay, all right. Waiting for the other ball to drop. Always waiting for it. Because I've been nothing, I've been faced with nothing but disappointment. Yep. Been not realizing the last 25% of that disappointment is because of me. Mm-hmm. And so now here I am trying to find my self worth, trying to figure out, okay, you gotta be enough for yourself. I think the best way, it's crazy. That's mm, crazy. The best way for us to change that feeling is to forgive ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves first. Those but are, what am I forgiving myself for? That's that's the real question. You're forgiving is, yourself for allowing yourself to think that you are not good enough. But Sean, listen to me when I say this. I'm, I'm listening. I was not asked to be put on this earth. No, you wasn't. I was not asked to be here, okay? Mm-hmm. True. And here I am. I have two biological parents. Yes. Now, both of these parents, I have had to pull teeth to get some type of attention from. Mm-hmm. Some type of love from. Mm-hmm. And now, don't get me wrong. I know they love me, mm-hmm. but they love me because they are my parents and not because they actually want to love me. They love me because they put me on this earth. Mm-hmm. They don't love me because they actually want to love me and they want to invest time into me. They wanted to, you know, show up and show out. I didn't have anybody show up and show out. You thought they loved you because they know that you are part of them. Yes. Okay. And and but the thing was, when it came time for them to be a parent, you they didn't up. want they didn't show up. That was the hard part. That was the hard part. The following up part. Like don't and I know. My mama would do anything if something happens to me. But that's the thing. Why does something happen have to happen to me for, for you to do care. something? Right. 
it's just it's like and, and I don't hold any resentment towards them because I know who they are right. and I know what they've been through and I know where they're going where they've been you know what I mean yeah but at the same time it's like why do you have to carry that exactly and then not to mention I find myself in these situations where I realize that I love them more than they love themselves and they love me and I love them more than they love me mm. so where do you go from there that's my question it's like, it's like, you know, okay, so I'm wanting this relationship with you, but I know what if I, if I start to develop a relationship with you, I'm allowing myself to have your toxic energy around my positive energy. Like I told you last night, blood does not make people your family. You can at any moment in time decide, I'm going to create my own family. And when I say, and I say this the other day, I'm about to create my own family. I'm about to find new sisters. <laughs> I ain't never had a brother. I want a brother. <laughs> <laughs> I want new aunts. Anybody out there who looking for a brother or sister? Yeah. I want aunts. I want a new set of cousins. A whole batch. <laughs> I want to start over fresh. I don't want... I don't... I, it's not that I don't value what, what I have from birth. It's just that I have come to learn that that bloodline... Mm-hmm. Is not the same as a love line. Mm-mm. They're two different things. Okay. It, it doesn't. They, okay. They don't. They they're not the same. They are not. Your blood is the. We like I told you last night. We are taught. We are we are molded in 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 doctrine in this belief that if you birth me or if we share the same bloodline, that I should love you and you should love me a particular way. That's how the mind works. When in all actuality, that ain't true worth a damn. Just because you have my blood or I have your blood or, or we're related in that sense, it doesn't mean that the love is going to be automatic. It doesn't mean that the care is going to be automatic. It, at some point, it should. Hell, puppies... A dog loved it, love a love of puppies. You know what I'm saying? Because they're hers. So I get that. But I've also seen a daddy dog kill his puppies. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like you we 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 become indoctrinated in, in that belief. And the the biggest hurt comes from your family. That's the biggest hurt. Comes from people that you have that soul belief because, oh, it's my cousin, my uncle, my mm-hmm. mama, mm-hmm. you know, did me wrong. And that's where the hurt starts to feel in and then you're like questioning everything that you experience with them and, and everything else. When in all actuality, girl, you can go get, you can't get, an, I, I know for a fact, you can't get another blood mama or dad. Right. You know, you only get one. I right. get that. But you can get God mamas <laughs> and God daddies. The, pr- the perfect example, when you, when you say that, the first person I think of is my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So, most people know that my grandfather remarried. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, he married. He never remarried. He married my grandmother, who's alive today. I have a biological grandmother. She passed away when I was six or seven. Mm-hmm. Now, this is my mom's mom and my mom's dad. However, the relationship I have with this woman, my grandfather's wife, mm-hmm. is like anything I have ever seen in my life. That is the strongest relationship I have with a family member to this day. This woman 
was there at the hospital when all five of her grandchildren were born. And they all three, now three of these are not biologically her grandchildren. But all five of them. And she was at the hospital when I had my daughter and my son. Now, with that being said, this woman, and, and I hate to put it like this, but the relationship that I have with my grandfather is not is not the best of relationships. I mean, it, it's, it's not where I would envision it to be. And that's a whole nother episode, a whole nother, for a whole nother day. But, but the thing is, this woman, I can call her right now and say, gay man, I need you. No question, no doubt, no answer, whatever. This woman, I have seen her hop in her vehicle, come to my house, sit on my couch, pray with me, cry with me, laugh with me, yell at me, chastise, you name it. But she's always been the moral, the 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 center to my grounding. Mm-hmm. And and that's just the type of family that you just can't pick. That's the type of family that God put in your life that's for you. Right. That's right. That's right. And blood has nothing to do with it. And blood has nothing to do with it. But to this day, if anybody calls me and asks me, oh, well, how's your grandma? That's the one you're talking about. That's the one I'm talking about. And out of all the grandmothers that I have, mm-hmm. biologically or non-biologically, mm-hmm. that's my baby. Yeah. And she is one of the main reasons why I am still a woman to this day. I know that's right. Because if it that. wasn't for her... Yeah, ain't that nothing? Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. I mean, of course, I have my family members here and there, but but Lorraine Brooks, shout out to Get May, <laughs> them homemade biscuits. That sounds good. Girl, I'm telling you, she's the reason why I know how to cook some of the things I do. <laughs> I learned how to make my homemade gravy, my bi- everything. Okay, like, and and I just, I'm incredibly thankful for her. Mm-hmm. That's the one. That's the one I call on. She called me now. Nah, I'm in the hospital. Oh, I we gotta go. Gotta go. Work. I have to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> this one right here need me. Yeah. I got to go. And it, and, and. Don't ask me no questions. No questions. I explain that shit when I get back. Now nah, I won't even explain it. It's my <laughs> grandma. Just period. Point blank. Poo. And that's on Mary had a whole little lamb. Period. <laughs> <laughs> that's on Mary had a whole little lamb. But. I just, I just know that there's a lot of things that I have peeped from family. I have noticed from family. Uh, huh. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to just let it go. I ain't even going to entertain it. Family move different, honey. Mm-hmm. They ain't like it used to be. Mm-mm. Family is not... I've literally, I, ooh. Now when I think about it, if someone was to ask me, when was the last time you talked to one of your cousins? I'd be like, I don't even know. Dead ass. I'd be like, I don't even know. Because now it's like so much competition, I feel like, within family. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not down for it. I will cut your ass loose. Me and my so, okay, so I've had, so growing up, there was three of us, and uh, three of us that were born, like, literally a year behind the next, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest of the three, mm-hmm. and we were so, we were sick to see, they called us Golden Girls, Powerpuff Girls, any trio <laughs> you know of that we would call that. So, 
with us being as close as we were, you know, when life happens, mm-hmm. you move. My mama was a drug addict. It, drug addict. Mm-hmm. Alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And um, all that great stuff. And with that being said, I was in and out, moving around a lot. Custodies and... Um, not custody. What's it? What's your shit? Uh, Child protective services, mm-hmm. CPS, all that stuff. They came and took us away, mm-hmm. and um, and of course other things as well. But we had grew apart. Now these were people who were my best friends. Mm-hmm. These are your best friends before you find out what oh, best yeah, friends are. Your best friend. Yes. So you know, with that being said, I just realized that okay, you know, it happens. Coming back home, I was expecting for us to get close again. I was expecting for all of that stuff to mesh and be exactly how it was. 10 years ago and not realizing that ain't how shit works. Shit ain't like that. So sad. So sad, right? But she, one of my cousins, the middle cousin, she reached out. She's like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a family reunion. Like, because we need to get back together. You know, all of our family's dying off. We don't know who anybody is. Mm. We don't know where everybody is. But my, we have an aunt in common. Mm-hmm. And uh, this aunt, she's, she's technically my cousin, but you know, family. And uh, she calls me. She's like, hey, yeah, I see you. And, you know, you know, Riri, y'all doing some stuff. Y'all like, yeah, we doing some stuff. And, you know, she's like, but she's basically breaking it down how, well, you know, so-and-so may not be be there. So-and-so be here may not be there. And, you know, but hopefully they come up. But the thing is, these are bougie cousins. And they believe that they better than everybody else. And it's just like, okay, well, you think you're better than everybody else, but you got your own shit. You know, you, and it is what it is. Everybody got their own shit, but at the end of, end of the day, we family. Right. Why is it that we can't sit here and congregate? It's something deeper. It's, and, it's and, always I, and I get it. Deeper. It is always something deeper. But the thing is, you know, we only get, we only have each other now. Mm-hmm. The people who held this family together, the glue They're is gone. gone. And you would think that they would understand we need to do this for the culture, for the mm-hmm. family, yeah. versus for our own fucking ego. And it's just like, it's like, come on, y'all. Like, it just, and I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. Because I, I mean, at the end of the day, I still got my family. But this is the first time that I, I felt like I was really a part of my family. That's I say all of that just to say this like I that this is the first time that I really feel like I'm a part of my family in years. Mm. Like I just started feeling like this, just started getting to a place where I felt like I was included into the family cookout mm. because of everything that my mom. Has I, put I was going to say, do you think it has something to do with being? pulled in so many directions yeah. as a child to yeah. where you're not grounded or for a while you felt ungrounded yeah and then your family. and uh a while ago it was the last time me and you talked mm-hmm. you know how we brought up we had brought up the fact that we were too black for our family but too white for our friends mm-hmm. that is me yep yep i'm too no i'm too white for my family but too black for my friends mm-hmm. that's that's what i am I am that, that Oreo. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm proud to admit that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, what do I fit in? Right. Well, what am I supposed to do about it? Do I, and I'm like, now I done found somebody who's an Oreo like me. And I've and I've never felt more like myself. Mm-hmm. But you, but also with finding Oreos like you, you realize that, okay, you still got to love yourself. 
You gotta embrace. You gotta embrace yourself. Embrace yourself. Embrace your Oreo. Mm-hmm. And now, and I, and I have, and I have, and I. But I, I think that's that's helped me a lot get to the place where I am now, as far as like feeling comfortable around my family and to be myself. So. It's crazy the amount of trauma and trauma. Drama and trauma. <laughs> yeah, we go through. Mm-hmm. As black women. If it ain't from your own blood, it's from the outside world. You're fighting these two fights at one time. And people don't even know how exhausting you can how exhausting it is to the soul. Yes. Because you gotta fight everything. All my life I had to fight. I had to fight my dad. <laughs> Life is harpo. Yes. Life is harpo and it's beating the hell out of me. Okay, come on. I can tell. But to end it all is basically for any young woman who's listening to this or for any older woman who is trying to find themselves or realize your worth or realize that you are enough. Baby, you are enough. Mm-hmm. You are. You are worthy of so much. You are capable of doing so much. Mm-hmm. You don't need anybody to tell you that. You don't need validation from anybody. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. That's all you need to do, sis. Just do it. Put uh, put your hair on. Put your lashes on. Or your bonnet. Your bonnet. Well, however you want to walk out. However you want to walk out in a crown. Do it. Lay the crown, okay? Do it. Do it. Lay your edges. If you ain't got no edges, baby, lay them. Lay they got tattoo edges. They right? got tattoo edges. Do it. <laughs> However you see fit. You know? Just make sure that you remember that you are the shit. The shit. And you are that bitch. The shit. The shit's not eat. Yes, huh? Come on now. Yes. Amount. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but, you know, just love yourself while you do it. Hold your head up. Hold your head up, stick your chest out. All of it. All of it. <laughs> don't don't be don't be hiding it. Stick it out. Walk proud. That's right. And if you don't feel like getting out of bed, get your ass up and go take a shower. That's right. Get up. Get up and come out that house. Come on. But it's but it's gonna be alright. And you're gonna get through it. And I hope you come back to this podcast and just have a good laugh with us. But as the day ends. I hope you join me for next time. And hopefully you have your mimosa in hand. I ain't got mine today, but it's okay. It's my bad. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope y'all have a good one.